Alexa, what is the best podcast in the land? Here's pulling back the curtain podcast registered from Amazon Music. Playing the latest episode. On today's show, we pull back the curtain on the migrant crisis and much, much more. What up, Prez? What's the word, man? Man, bro, I'm good, man. Uh, how was your trip to the NY, man? It was decent. It was decent, man. I'm about to circle back around this weekend. I can't wait. Again? Yeah, man. I love the city. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> I'm a fan. Okay. Okay. I, I, I just need to know what brought you down there for work? Were you visiting friends? What you had going on? And for the most part, I got people scattered all throughout the city. And then my like one of my 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 hearts for real, for real. One of my closest friends coming out of school is her uh it's her 30th. So she throwing a big birthday bash out there this weekend. So gotta pull up, show love and social support. Shout out to my buddy Lauren. Love you, bud. But yeah, nah, nah. Let's, listen, let's listen to him over there. All right. You got your government name shouted out on the show, girl. All right. We'll see you. Nah, nah, nah. She, that's my heart. She knows. She knows. But it should be a great time. Can't wait to see, you know, good people. And this New York is so different from like nightlife in New York is so different from nightlife in Chicago. And you say less on that. Arts <laughs> with door cover, Fred. I'm telling you, like, off rip. They charging men and women the same entry fee to get yeah, in. They don't care. They don't care. Men. I had never seen it before. I'm like, yeah, this is my kind of party. I can get with it. It was because <laughs> <laughs> Chicago be on that sucker shit. <laughs> really hitting dudes with the eighty at the dough and like folks be paying it. Like, cause it they be paying that shit. Yeah, it's, it's limited options. You know, everybody got their black night in Chicago when it comes to like the exclusive clubs or whatever. Yep. You want to turn up that way, you're going to pay that fee. But nah, man, yeah. Shout, I, I fuck with the Big Apple. Uh, I just, I don't see, I, like, it's a good time, you know what I'm saying? But the cost of living and everything, I, I, I couldn't I, do it, bro. Can't get with it. Can't get no, with I it. can't do it. Man, you you know my boy Jamar, man. He out there, him and his wife, they doing they big $10 million cribs and stuff out there. But that's just the norm out there. You know, it, you know like, like, Chicago, you spending a million, bro. You sitting on something. Decent. <laughs> what man? You live in Gold Coast penthouse, right? A, you know what I'm saying? Like all the amenities, everything, or at least a fat crib somewhere in the burn. But and like you, that they're doing it, but like it's so many people doing it out there. But that's part of what I appreciate about it too, cause is that yeah, it's a hustle out there, man. Everybody's trying to get it to is. A, meet a bag. They are. They are. And we probably gonna get into it a little bit later on in the show. But it's levels to it, man, because when you think about a lot of Chicago cats, you know, Chicago's near and dear to both of us, man. That's where we come from, birthed us, made us who we are. But it's a different mindset, man. It's a different mindset. The more I travel, my goodness, man, I see some things and I'm like, man, whoa, what's going on with my people back at home? Sure, man. And think and we we I know you do the international, but we just talking about stateside stuff right now. Like the way they do yeah. it off the world, too, is completely different. Like just there's so yeah. many, you know what I'm saying, mentalities and perspectives to how life should really be lived that, like, I really enjoy. I was, I was reading something recently that was talking about the cost of living in Bali just being, you know what I'm saying, so affordable when you have- It is. Dollars. And they got the expat programs. 
Yeah, man. So it's like, it's a lot to see out here. And I, I appreciate that about like just the time that we're in right now. Like that digital nomad life is such a reality for so many people. You know what I'm saying? You could really do your thing career-wise and be wherever. So everybody should kind of try to take advantage of it if they can. Especially to your point, man, with this work from home, work remote type of vibe, bro, you can pick up this computer and take that shit anywhere. And yeah. I implore people to do it. What's stopping you? So for sure. And I tell you what, they bro, it saved my life as far as my career, man, because I was suffering from some severe burnout there before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, now, just being able to have different, you know, sceneries, uh, being able to make moves, move around, bro, it's, it's been a game changer, Jay. That's good. That's really good, man. Like, and it, it's something that before the pandemic, it wasn't really an option. It's crazy to think about how. You know what I'm saying? Limited we were in our mobility when it came to mm-hmm. to do over the career. Just having to have the face to face interaction. Zoom was I'm sure the stock price of Zoom was skyrocketing during the pandemic. Zoom had the craziest valuations just off of all the users floating to the uh, to the to the platform just to um do their to handle their business. So I do appreciate the technology for being able to give us new uh I don't know new perspective. Yep. Now we don't do free advertising on the show, but I do hope Jay that you picked up some of that stock because I did back in twenty twenty. I am not a financial advisor, audience. Anything financial advice, I am not liable for anything you do. Just you know, speaking over here, <laughs> it don't stop me from giving advice though. And I got a career in finance. I can't even play with it. I, I know. <laughs> no, I, listen. I feel you. I feel you. You got a lot, you got shit at stake. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't signed nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Let them know what you're doing over there with the portfolio, friends. What you got going on? Well, that's another that's another show, another time. Yeah, okay. For for this show, what what, what we got for man? You want you want to hit the listener letters, man? You what, what you want to do? Sure. Let's start with the listener letters for sure. We're gonna start off with Christina. Christina writes us: I am unhappily married with young children. I'm attracted to a friend of mine and my husband's, but he is also married. Mm. older than me and I can't tell for sure if he has feelings for me but sometimes I suspect it. he's made me jewelry and gifts and I've caught him checking me out a few times he exchanged messages on social media and he often asks me questions about myself what I like etc he's just so quiet in person that I can't tell if he means anything I can never leave my husband and break up my family and I can never break up someone else's family but I'm starting to wonder and sometimes think I really am falling in love with her. Wow. I feel like a schoolgirl with a crush over here. What should I do? Listen, I already said it a second ago. Wow. Christina, that's a fucking lot. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Jay. <laughs> First Not of all, Chris, this is all you. <laughs> Please. Let me let me kick this sucker off because Christina, Christina, Christina. <sighs> this man making you gifts. Making what he making a jewelry. Giving her gifts? Well, is he giving gifts to your husband? Like, what is this? Don't sound like it. I don't have no type of something like that going on over here, Jay. I wish somebody would. What you What you mean? Who, who gave you that? Oh, it's just a little bracelet that Tim put together. Wait a minute. I'm calling Tim right now. But you know, Sorry, she, 
She's not even telling him all that. He, she's not telling him all that neither. She's not going to say this is a little bracelet that's in me. And to be honest, Prez, it don't sound like her husband would notice if she had a new bracelet on or not. Regardless. Okay, now that could be part of the problem, Jay, because I notice. I'm observing. Wait, you know me. I see shit. Because you care. Maybe somebody yeah. that see Christina's life doesn't care the same. I, and it, to me, it, it sounds like she's getting a, getting attention. And the attention right, which is what she needs. You feel me? And that's, well, that's not the only thing she needs. She needs some attention. And, and Christina, your man needs to fucking remind you of why y'all got married. And if he ain't doing that on a nightly basis or bi-weekly or whatever the case, then that's another problem. Yeah. Is it, I am unhappily married with young children. Just that, that That's resonates. tough. That's, that's tough. tough. Because it, but there's a lot of people in this world, Jay, that, that can subscribe to that. And they, they feel stuck and trapped because they got these kids don't even get me started about the debt in this country and how everybody suckered in these damn credit cards where they just prisoners. So marriage, in, in, in essence, has turned into a fucking social contract. You know, and, and it sucks. Now, we got this letter from this woman who all she needs is a little attention. She just needs a little TLC. Man, you took the three letters right out of my brain, man. She need a hug. Man, yeah. she need a hug. <laughs> It's literally need a little something else. Give her a little. She need a little thug dizzle. She, she needs something. He has made me jewelry is crazy. Cause what did what do you do? Crochet a fucking. Bro, what's he doing, man? What's he doing? Making... How is he making jewelry? What is he doing? What are you doing, bro? What kind of man is this? Is over here making jewelry and shit. I mean, I know he. I know he ain't no jeweler. And I, he might be, man. And it's clearly work. Whatever his game is. It's working. It's really working. So I, I do not knock that hustle. At but what all. but what if he's what if he over there messing around with his daughter's little bracelet kit? <laughs> I don't know if that's funnier or if it's funnier that Christina felt the sentimental value from it. If that is the case. Like, I don't right. I don't know who, I don't know who's the bigger joke there, but Christina, I think well, that, it's obviously Christina's man because he is coming up short. He's taking the L right now, Jay. So, Prez, I'm I've never been married, so I I struggle speaking on the 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 solutions that could go into a marriage because maybe they're just you know what I'm saying a fallacy. Maybe I'm just speaking off an idealism, but I would assume that an open line of communication would have to be established about how people are feeling throughout the marriage. You know what I'm saying? Going from the beginning to the ups and the downs to you mm -hmm. know. Well, well, Jay, you don't need to be married to understand that, bro. You got common sense. And everything that you just said right there is 110% what it is. Okay. Think about this, bro. She's sitting over here having these dreams of grandeur with some random dude when the, the only person that probably should be having those type of conversations with her is in the other room while she's sneaking to have a conversation with somebody on social media. That shit wild, bro. The other room or the other family? Who knows, but... Christina, get it together for your family's sake. Since that is, yeah, really knock that shit off. Holding on near and dear. It's crazy too, cause that she said it's a it's a friend of mine and my husband. So right, so you about to mess up a friendship too? Yikes! Right. This 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 is what I'm gonna say. I'm not gonna sit here and shame you, Christina, because you have feelings, right? And I understand if your needs aren't being met, that's something very important, right? Because it's a man. If our needs ain't being met, right, we go start <laughs> wandering and, you know, whatever it comes from that. However, 
what Jay said, open line of communication. You need to have a conversation with your, your husband. He needs to know exactly how you feel, where you stand, and let him know you are not happy. Maybe don't bring up the fact of what's going on with the, with the guy, but see what he does. Because I, I don't know about you, Jay, but if a woman comes to me and tells me, hey, I'm unhappy, X, Y, Z, this and that, and they're reasonable about it, I'm making adjustments. You know what I mean? Because you never know what it can be. What if work's getting in the way, right? What if he's focused on a big project? You know, some people, they don't know how to prioritize what's most important, which is family, right? Sometimes people get blinded by money. It's hard out here. So you never know what it is, but have that conversation with him. Absolutely. Let's go on ahead and move on to Marie. So Marie went ahead and wrote us, I am with someone who drinks and gambles and has made countless promises that have been broken in our relationship. I recently checked his Facebook and he follows at least 30 women in their 20s, most of whom he barely knows or doesn't know at all. Most of them are half naked in every picture. I confronted <laughs> him and told him it bothers me, but he doesn't seem to care. I think it is disrespectful to me as his significant other. I have also told him to think about the things he does that affect our relationship. To him, he's doing nothing wrong. To me, he's disrespecting me. And it's not, it's not the only time. He has written to a few of them telling them how beautiful they are. Am Whoa. I insecure? What would you do if your partner did this? Yikes. So, Jay, I'll just say this, man. I don't think that any woman I've ever dated has done something like this, right? I think this, this is a guy thing. Um, what I will say is, Marie, this is some shit that we do sometimes as men because we fantasize, right? That's why men watch porn. It don't mean that they want to replace their partner with the porn chick. Nobody wants the porn chick. She's been blown through. But you fantasize about certain aspects. So he's out here fantasizing. What is it about these women that is getting this man's attention? I think that's worth a conversation, in my opinion. If she's saying about how these women are all half-naked and this and that, I don't know. Maybe he is attracted to skin a little bit. Maybe so showing <laughs> cleavage every once in a while. You know, I don't know. Oh, take a little skin to grin, man. That's all right. I ain't mad at my man neither. Listen, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, Prez, when you said the thing that's drawing him to the, the women on Facebook is a fantasy through nakedness. And to, to that point, Prez, it's I'm not using this as to make an excuse for him at all, Marie, but with the way the internet is and the fact that there are just so many half naked, two naked women all throughout your mm -hmm. time, throughout your feed. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's literally a, uh, a fantasy as, as press put it. it. It's nothing that has real attainable, you know what I'm saying? Goals or values or mission or anything like that. And I don't respectfully, it don't sound like he can bag any of them. So I don't think <laughs> I really got anything to really worry about. It's not like, you know what I'm saying? You 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 saying that it disrespects you. I think um, I can understand it. It is also a little bit uh, egotistical because it doesn't, you know what I'm saying? That's what, that doesn't necessarily have anything to, to do with you. But I do understand being his significant other feeling a way about it. Don't get me wrong. Because to, to the point where I've never had, I've never dealt with that. Like, right. but I, you know, Men are, uh, we're 
our mind can be taken in a lot of different ways, but we have, you know what I'm saying, one main focus at the end of the day. And you're not going nowhere. So I wouldn't I wouldn't say that you're being insecure. Like it is weird, but I also don't think that you're gonna stand a chance in controlling his actions or making him stop neither. So I, I just would try to change the mentality on it a little bit. I think so too. I'll, I'll share a story. So one of my partners, obviously not gonna name his name, but his old lady caught him in the shower, you know, doing things or whatever that she didn't want him to be doing. And she took that some kind of way, right? She'd be like, well, does that mean that you're not attracted to me? Does that mean that I don't do the things that you want? And he's just like, honestly, he said, it's just something I've done since I was 12 years old. So it's like, it's part of course me. I have it's part of me. So the point of me sharing that little antidote is, what he's doing on Facebook is no different than when I was a kid, when I used to sneak and go grab the Jet magazine and look at the beauty of the week. It's just, it is what it is. That's the shit we do. And to Jay's point, your man ain't got no chance to hit one of these chicks. Now, if you feel disrespected by that, then I respect that. Have that conversation. I see a lot of times the silver lining with a lot of these letters that we get from you guys is, it seems like there's a communication breakdown in these relationships. And I never understood that. I think the biggest thing for me, Jay, is I like to just nip shit in the bud. So if I'm feeling some kind of way, you're going to know. And as far as like a relationship with a female, I'm not going to be out here looking at her on Facebook, looking at some other chick dressed a certain kind of way. If I like something, I'm going to be like, hey, girl, <laughs> I bought this. Now, you know, I know some women will say, oh, you should never buy women clothes. Fuck that. If I think something looks nice and it's my woman, I'm buying that shit. And what's the alternative? That I don't do that shit and then I'm out here seeking out some shit because there's another chick out here that's that's wearing that shit that I like seeing? No. I save myself from myself. And you up to lose, Prez. They just be sending you up to lose, man. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> that's why I'm out here in Mobile podcasting right now instead of being out here in these streets with the rest of the crew as I had a bars corrosing around I'm like ain't nothing but trouble out there for y'all I'm a changed man so I'm in her podcasting and, and trying to spread the good gospel it's a family man right there yes sir so alright I hope audience when you guys hear us talk through these listening letters that outside of the jokes that I hope that you guys understand that you know we're trying to answer these things open and honestly but sometimes you know we don't have all the, the backstory right because you know it's you guys are summing things up pretty short so it's kind of hard to like give really really tangible advice but we try to do the best that we can on it and i hope that you guys can at least see that so jay i gotta ask you this we were talking about chicago and just like the differences and how like shit moves here in, in, in the city so the dollar tree shit like they're putting ordinances in or they're trying to put an ordinance in to crack down on the number and the type of locations of where these things are going. Now, I heard it hit a little bit of a snag. But one of the things that I've always had a problem with, Jay, is that I feel like only a certain type of business is put into our community and it doesn't allow us to thrive, right? Like whether it's a, a liquor store, whether it's a currency exchange, a fucking Dollar Tree, right? And you know, I can go on and on with the type of business that they put. So when you hear this type of ordinance being put into place, what do you think this play is? It, it's tough, right? Because from my understanding of it, it's you can't put a Dollar Tree within a certain vicinity or radius 
of where another Dollar Tree was already located or a dollar store right. or whatever the case. Right. Because um, they loading them up everywhere. <laughs> and I think they're trying to to curb the quality control of the stores in neighborhoods where they feel like they can just do anything within the store. And mm-hmm. not matter, you know what I'm saying? Because a Dollar Tree up north looks a lot different than a Dollar Tree out south. So it's not... Mm-hmm. It's it's I think that's the call to action. I also saw something in it where the alderman that proposed it is trying to like force Dollar Tree to either hold 10% of its goods as fresh produce or 10% of Dollar Trees have to be able to have fresh produce or something of the nature. So I think they're also just trying to get Dollar Trees to be more functional and more give it more utility in spaces where there are actual needs. You know what I'm saying? To in the food deserts and spots where the Dollar Tree is the only kind of store that you can get to for a mile. So I, that that's what I think of. I think that it's a it's a it's a lofty goal. That's for sure. Um, I don't I don't know. I don't know why you would need more than one to two Dollar Trees within a mile of one another. You know what I'm saying? Hello, but, hello, <laughs> straight up. So especially especially when you bring up the food deserts that, that you talked about. We we had an episode season two of this of this show, man, but we went through and we just went through all these various neighborhoods on the south side, and we you would go 30-something miles before you could find a grocery store that sold fresh produce, right? We talked about how people had to sit here and take buses to go to a grocery store. Like that's insane. But then you have a dollar store, you have a liquor store. You have all these things that are poisonous to the community that are readily accessible. And then people don't, then they want to wonder why there's obesity in certain areas. They want to understand why people are <laughs> have vices. And for me, when I look at this, we need to be putting in more libraries, pharmacies, grocery stores. That should be the call to action. Especially in some of these inner cities. Yeah, and I know that, uh, there are different like little subcommittees within the the city departments that are supposed to be focusing on like you know what I'm saying those disparities and bringing those businesses back and like the whole invest southwest measure stuff like that yep and it really will just time will only tell you know certain things I just didn't realize growing up you know we grew up down the street from Pete's so like yep. and getting produce wasn't it was nothing it was it was simple I didn't think about how that was a luxury, you know what I'm saying? And so like, I do think that there are um, a lot more, there's a lot, there's a greater need for a call to action in actually providing areas with like the functional, because I, I, I know in the hundreds, they don't, I think the closest grocery store for most people is the Walmart, you know what I'm saying? Like none of it is on accident. I just don't know what, as a community, we're supposed to do outside of leaning more on our representatives and those that are supposed to be our voices for those type of changes to be enacted. And you know, another thing too is that the dollar in the black community, um, as I've mentioned on the show before, it leaves our community as soon as it hits our hands. And it's about time that we have more places in our community so that way we can build up the equity within our communities. Because to Jay's point, when we were growing up, my grandma, my mom, his mom, his grandmother, 
they spend money in our communities because they didn't have to go to the suburbs to shop. If they chose to go to a mall, they, they could, but we have plenty of resources within our community. And I feel like in today's times, we don't have that. And then I know on the flip side of it, Jay, people are going to sit here and they're going to talk to me about what happened in 2020 um, during George Floyd and how there was all the unrest. And what I will say to people is keep that same energy. When the Bulls was winning championships in the 90s, same shit happened. What, what, what we talking about? <laughs> people still deserve access to fucking food. It, but it's the same capitalistic mindset that Jordan winning in the 90s brought so much revenue to the city as a whole. You know what I'm saying? And like, right. It's crazy. If I wasn't the capitalistic son of a bitch that I am, I'd have been <laughs> right up there with all the mother motherfuckers busting windows and going and taking stores. But I, I saw that it was going to literally suck life out of the city. You know what I'm saying? Especially the type and of your community. It, yep. And like, and, and just, and with no rebuild with places just closing their doors and saying, forget about it. even walking downtown. Now prayers is still kind of ghostly a feeling a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like hitting state street. Don't feel the same. And I don't no, know. It's not the same anymore. You know why it is though? It's because all the business people are working at home. Right. And they close up shop down there. Like, you remember when I used to work down in the Loop and the Loop used to be bussing. You used to come down there and hang out. Like, dude, the Loop used to be the place to be. The Loop ain't hitting no more, bro. Even on weekends, it don't be hitting right. But, I mean, and this might just be the segue. You go into the Loop now, any corner, especially once it gets a little dark outside, it's about 20 to 30 motherfuckers just standing. You know what I'm saying? You, Some of them migrants. Some of, some of them natives of Chicago, some of them, you know what I'm saying, just regular residents. It, it it really, it's not the same damn town. But I um, you say the loop. I, I don't know. The West Loop is still a good time at night. West Loop is busting. Like so for me, I I mostly prefer the South Loop. Um, I don't kick it in the Gold Coast anymore like I used to. There was a lot of little night spots I used to go to down there. I don't I don't I don't fuck with it no more. So South Loop or bust for me. West Loop is decent too, right? You know, I like that little area over there where uh, uh, Flat Top used to be over in Washington. They got all those little bars over there, Bar Siena. And they got some good spots over there. But South Loop is kind of like my jam. To the point you were saying, though, you kind of like segued over into like kind of what we were talking about, the main topic of the episode. And I think it's a fair point to bring up, right, Jay? Because there's a lot of little things that people are talking about right now. When they talk about the, the crime element or they'll try to talk about how stores are being like robbed and looted and how people are doing the driving and grabbing and stash thing. And then now the new thing is everybody's blaming migrants for, for the problems and wolves in the city of Chicago. So I wanted to have this discussion, Jay, because this is one that I wanted us to be really thoughtful on because we've had several listeners say, hey, when are you guys going to touch on this situation? And Jay, I think if you know me, <laughs> you know that I always have a lot to say but I also want to be mindful of others before I kind of get on here and start saying things. So um, there's been a lot of like research that I needed to do. I needed to educate myself on some things before I wanted to speak on it. But with that being said, Jay, you're right. When you go downtown now, we got tent communities all over the place. Um, there's just people just all around the loop. Um, I know a buddy of mine had bought some, rental space in the West Loop, speaking of the West Loop, what you were talking about, he was going to build uh, like a sports memorabilia store. And he didn't realize that the the owner of the building, right, that he was renting from, made a deal with the city to house migrants. 
and it shuttered his business in four months. So from a capitalist side of the story, some people may say, oh, that's bad for business. But for the humanity side of things, I say, I mean, <laughs> isn't everybody a migrant to a degree when it comes to the United States? Talk about it. <laughs> that's what makes us us, no pun intended. Like, so I don't, I've never understood the keep them out mentality, you know, because that's mm -hmm. like, we were talking about New York. You go to New York is literally a melting pot of everybody in the world. You know what I'm saying? That is literally our, our cultural capital of the state. So I don't, it, it's almost oxymoronic. You know what I'm saying? It, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't add up. I don't get it. And it's a certain type of person that usually has that kind of argument. But uh, like you said, I'll be respectful. <laughs> so for you, right, when you, when you see what's going on here, right, we, we see where these people are being brought to Chicago by the busloads from Texas. And this is a situation that's become heavily politicized. It's interesting, Jay, that when there's been people that have approached me about this in my personal life, and then I'll give them that truth serum, and then you can tell when people don't want it, they don't want that serum because it's too strong for them. Then they'll hit you with the, oh, well, that's why I don't talk about politics. And I'm sitting here like, since when the human rights political? Like, to me, I'm like, everybody should be treated equally and fairly. Everybody should have access to the same things. And I'm sorry, but if there's people that are escaping horrible conditions and they want freedom, they want a better life, and they're coming here to do so and not to cause any problems, then why the fuck would I care? You don't care when people come from Cuba over to Florida because they can play baseball. You don't have no energy about that. So what's the difference? Think about, Jay, how many times we've seen all those defectees from Cuba, these athletes that come over here. People help them come over here. Nobody got nothing to say about that. And so one thing that I have heard in just uh, the devil's advocate to a response to what you're saying is that it's not them coming over is the resourcefulness that's being given or the resources that are being given to them at no type of taxation for representation, citizenship. You know what I'm saying? There are, there's no ties to them as quote unquote, you know what I'm saying? I, I say citizens, but really people that were born in the USA and I have heard complaints about people that were born here who don't feel the same sort of support from their government. And so I do understand that being a part of people's problems. But to the point that you made, it's a humanitarian issue. It's not political. I feel the same way about what's going on in Gaza with Hamas. It's, it's yes. humanitarian. You're, you're wiping out a people. You're not, it's, we're, I'm not talking politics. I'm not talking religion. I'm talking civility and being being some a, a being of God but I, I hear you press I hear you a thousand percent on why would I care about because to to be honest just imagine how fucked up their situation had to be to get dropped off on 79th and Essex you know what I'm saying like it, no you, no I, shit I don't the, even want to be on 79th and Essex in the dead of winter with yeah. with no coats no, Nothing. you know what I'm saying? Like, 
they're not being dropped off in Miami. They're not being dropped off in a tropical, like, it's still Chicago. So it, you have to be coming from true third world reality for this to be your safe haven. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a thin line, man. It's such a thin line because this, this is not just a local state problem. It's happening across the country in different states and it's happening on a federal level during an election year. So like there are so many, you know what I'm saying? Politicians that have their hands in this mix on how it's moving. And I think that's another problem that people have as well, that there are people that are profiting off of this. There are people that are gaining political backing and that are, you know what I'm saying, making real personal and professional um, headwinds through the, what I said before about, you know what I'm saying, maybe not giving their citizens the same rights. And, and I know that they're, they're rushing their citizenship and it feels like they're rushing their citizenship, maybe not for this election, but to indoctrinate or to bring in a new voting class of people um i mean they're definitely getting those social security cards and the green cards up asap aren't they no and and as somebody that you know i've interned and gone to school with people who were international who literally couldn't stay for full-time offers because the job would not offer you know what i'm saying sponsorship for mm-hmm. so like it's a it, it, it's that's why it, it's a, it's it's such a thin line it's murky it's murky man it's and, and that's why i said like i do you know what i'm saying us have this conversation we're gonna give people the whole picture we go because like i'm not gonna sugarcoat it because for me as a black man in, in this society you don't think that i feel some kind of way about people that came here illegally right even though they came here for a better way they still came here illegally you're providing resources to them that you don't even provide for people in our community and then you wonder why people in the said community, and I'm not making excuses for the, all of the behavior in the said community, but you wonder why people act and do the things that they do. We're talking about things that were designed when you had redlining that took place in the city of Chicago. When our grandmother and our grandfather moved from the South to come to the South side of Chicago, their white neighbors moved. They didn't want to live around Black people. And everybody told you about, oh, get to the north, get to the north. The north wasn't no damn different than the south. They were just more dignified about their racism. They hid their racism. So that's what we're seeing again today in these times with this migrant situation. I come across somebody who's got a problem with it, and I'm like, you're a fucking idiot, and you kind of give me some of these racist undertones. Now, as a black man, again, I have talked openly on this show, Jay, about the need for reparations. People will sit here and they will debate me and they will debate me and they will debate me about how, well, that's what's that going to do? What's that going to help? Well, last time I checked, there's been so many classes of people in this society that have been compensated for the wrongs that have happened to them, except for the Black community. Why is that? See, I don't have an issue with these migrants, bro, at all. That there were wrongs done to Black people. And I I just don't ever see that as being anything that's been generally addressed. We weren't, we weren't wrong. This country wasn't built on our backs. All of our grievances are through laziness and through lack of knowledge. That's, we were just mad. 
<laughs> what else do they need? They're always complaining. What else can we give them? You, you gave me nothing. In the, the system, gave me nothing. And to be honest, I don't want to necessarily be given anything. I just want the fair chance at what is sold as to be the American dream because the whole redlining situation goes into the difference between the the median of what white family wealth being in you know what I'm saying the mid six figures to the median of what it is in the black family would it be in within the I think it's under fifty thousand so it's like yeah it was like forty three and some change so that pillar you know what I'm saying that pours into what we measure wealth as and just overall because your house is not an asset until you get rid of the mortgage right and in order to do right. that America off the thirty years you just need time. So you know that you're talking about generation to generation, so that at that point you are holding on to a pure asset to give you a a, a inkling of wealth. It, but um, it's I I don't know I I don't know how I necessarily feel about the reparations conversation, only because I they would write us a check to go and be consumers and then act as if they did us a favor. And that's not helping us. In, you know what I'm saying? Like we, I, the money would be spent, but what would it be spent on? And it would, in my opinion, what we, we, we saw things from the pandemic when we were all just given money, what have people spent money on things? You know what I'm saying? And I don't necessarily, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to continue to put, I, I call myself a capitalistic son of a bitch, but like, I do understand that um, uh, consumption in the 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 thinking of things will fix trauma is what has also affected the black community, and I don't want to continue to perpetuate that with a check necessarily. But I do. We we need a form of reparations. I just don't know what I would want it to look like necessarily. And that's my my point because for me, you know, I've already built up my situation over here. I'm not looking for a handout of any sort, but I do think though what we lack in this community is generational wealth. And there's so many of my counterparts, even in what I'm doing in the media space, they just casually talk about these lake homes and they casually talk about things. And I'm sitting up here like, boy, you are just rubbing your fucking generational wealth all in my broke ass fucking face right now. My thing is, some form of reparations, whether it's land, I don't know what it would be, Jay. But what I'm saying is that we built this country and there needs to be something <laughs> that comes our way. Like, listen, bro, that invoice has been passed due for 400 some odd years. Man. Only time will tell. It ain't gonna be Joe to do it. We know that much. And man, don't even get me started. It ain't gonna be the other one either. So we ain't looking at it in the next five years. So maybe we bring it back up in another five. Shit, I thought we were gonna get through student loans forgiven. Ain't nothing coming that shit either. Hey man, and the way they're now trying to do the whole if your student loans were under twelve thousand, the whole thing will be cleared. Shit is a smack in the face. But like Yeah, that disrespectful. <laughs> Dude, uh, man, I told folks not to listen to Crooked Joe. Right? He, he's he is what you call the North. He is the smile in your face, calling you a nigger behind closed doors kind of motherfucker. Like I don't. Well, nah. I've I've said on the show. Look at the crime bill. Who wrote that? Right? You know, you you have not changed. This man tried to sit up here and tell people if you don't vote for him, you're not black. 
I'm he joking. almost made me not vote for him. He almost hey, made me not vote for him. I just didn't vote. I couldn't vote for Trump, but I couldn't but vote. See for that? That bothers me too. And I ain't gonna lie to you. Like I'm voting this one. Yeah, I know you always gonna keep it funky. Yeah, I'm voting this one. And I hope. I hope knows, so. Who knows where I'll go? I don't. I, I I genuinely don't know. And it's so crazy because I got into an argument with an older black man in a bar. Who you know what I'm saying was the I love those conversations. The you're what you're voting for now is a vote for democracy. You know, I'm not telling you what you gotta do, but if you don't want to go back to chains, don't vote for Donald Trump. And like I just can't hear that extreme ass, you know what I'm saying? Example now, I do I do have to give. I do got to give space for people that have seen this country in different phases. I'm privileged in only being 28 and being born into a certain time. So I don't say that. He's probably seen some shit, right? Yeah. He's seen some shit. And he is scared of what the synonymousness looks like from what he's seen and where we are. But I think that we need to do more in not trying to band-aid that and put a microphone or a magnifying glass into why is it that we are starting to regress and look like we are in synonymous times to where we were 40, 50 years ago and what we're going to do moving forward. Not let's keep the guy here that kind of gives us this idea that it's not really that. Because false, that, false. It's a false sense of security, man. You know? So I, I would I would say this though, man. So I've, I've always said this to folks. When you look at this country when Barack Obama was elected. That's when Graham was around. And I remember she was next to me when he got elected. And I saw the tear in her eye because she never thought that she would see a black man be president of this country, right? And in that moment, bro, because I ain't the most patriotic cat, bro, at all. And in that moment, man, I actually was sitting here like, man, this country's great. Like, <laughs> it, it got me. I was sitting over there like, yes, we can. Like, I felt something in that moment, bro. I looked around. I'm sitting over here like it's people from all nationalities, all age ranges, man. Everybody that's out here in this moment. United. And in eight short years, bro, look at where we are. So to the point where that old black man was trying to say to you, I don't understand his, I would say this, I don't necessarily agree with the totality of his message, but I will say what president came in here and ripped apart everything that Obama did? What did Obama do? He kept this country from being a, a, a laughing stock and a, a total shit show. Mm-hmm. See, a lot of people give him a lot of fucking blame for things. They're like, he didn't do anything for Chicago. I'm like, bro, he was the president of the United States. The and- fucking mayor, the hold on, hear me out. The mayor and the governor of this fucking city and state, that's their responsibility. Rob Emanuel was the mayor at the time. Barack is his boy. If he needed something, he should have hollered at him. See, Rob Emanuel didn't give a fuck, bro. He didn't. But I think the problem was Chicagoans having faith that Obama would do something. For, but he he ran on the back of Chicago. So like he that's, did. that's how he got in the office. Yeah. But he's not from the city. Barack Obama no. is you know, he he's he's black when you have to go and put down are you black or african-american and i don't say this to say that it stops him from being a black man it's just right, because he is he, but it's just it's not it's a certain type of black man and it isn't it, it's 
It's not somebody that in a position to do. And, and to, you, I say, what did he do? But like, he, I understand that he had a lot of hurdles and a lot of like pushback from the government working with him. You know what I'm saying? Um, and that was the thing, what you just said there. Nobody was willing to work with him. He had no bipartisan, uh, nobody across the aisle was willing to work with him whatsoever. When he tried to put the health care plan in place, the motherfuckers fought him on every single thing that he did, everything. Now, I don't think that he was the perfect president, but what I will say and what I was kind of getting at was as a country, that was the last time that I felt like I looked around at the person next to me and I'm like, I fuck with this person. Now, Jay, half the time, I was like, I swear to God, when I go out in these streets, somebody better not say some stupid shit to me because I will fuck their ass up. It's different now. And I hate that for us. I really do. It's not just you. I think a lot of people sitting on them eggshells. And it's either stopping them from going outside in general or they're going outside on edge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so back to the whole micro situation, right? So for me, it's no end in sight when it comes to this situation because you need to start the issue and its root. And what's the root of the issue? The root of the issue is that you have illegal people coming to the country, which again, illegal people have been coming to this country since the beginning of the time. How do you stop that? Right? Trump wanted to build a wall, and he was saying that the people were going to pay for it. They didn't do shit. Mexico told him to fuck off. See, that's the thing with him. He was all bluster and all talk, and he got his fucking car pulled. But my thing is, there is an issue with this country. We shouldn't be having the borders that are breached like that. That's a safety issue. I'm not just talking about the fact that people that are coming here to try to be safe and try to have a good life. What if criminals getting over here? We got enough criminals in this damn country. And to the point that you made, Jay, about how they dropping these people off on 79th Street, listen, audience, if you want to know what 79th and anything is on the south side of Chicago, all you got to do is do a quick Google search. I promise you, I ain't been on 79th and nothing in a very long time. These people, they are setting up shop in the black community. In my opinion, I'm like, okay, well, shit, if they keep coming over here, is this going to be their hood? Where, where are we going? We're going we gonna to further get pushed out to the south suburbs? For sure. It already happened once. See, they're trying to extend the red line. Yep. See, these are the things here on this show, audience, that we try to talk to y'all about. Ain't nobody over here just running our mouths. These are all factual things that you can research. Look up that red line project and get back to us. Look up the amount of resources that have been given to these migrants. Look at the lack of resources that have been given to these communities on the South Side, to the school systems on the South Side. It's a goddamn shame that during the pandemic, there were schools, Jay, that didn't even have the proper equipment to be able to send out to their students for those kids to do their damn homework. We have to sit here and fundraise to get kids access to Wi-Fi, for tablets, laptops. What the fuck is a tax money going to? If the school system don't have access to basic computer equipment. See, that's the thing. It's like, that's the stuff that bothers me. It's not about these people. It's about how we pick and choose where the resources are going. See, they're calling this migrant situation a crisis. But what about the crisis that's going on in these communities where kids aren't being properly educated? Who knows where I would be, Jay, if I didn't have access to proper education? I was an idiot as a kid. I was always getting in trouble. 
But the one common denominator that kept me out of trouble was the fact that I was smarter than most of the people that I was around. So education was how I stayed out of fucking trouble. But think about the kids out here, Jay, that they don't have that. Sports may not be their thing. It's easy for you to get involved in some negative bullshit. That's my problem. That's a crisis. What are we doing about those crises that are going on? This is some ass backwards shit that just bothers me. We got so many issues going on in this country right now. And we just continue to take on other fucking issues without resolving the ones that currently exist. It, it's a basic needs thing, though. You know what I'm saying? Because you, you say you're saving grace with education and you being smart, but like, I think there are a lot of smart kids that still end up falling through cracks because they're they're not at the baseline level of what being taken care of looks like. So their worries are just outside of school. It's they're they're not thinking about doing homework. You know what I'm saying? They're thinking about making sure that there's food on the table that. Lights are on, heat's working, you know what I'm saying? And like Which is a fair point, yeah. And I think that we just we we came from we come from a strong family and we come from strong, strong women who were, you know what I'm saying, they worked hard and they were also very blessed in what they were able to provide for us. We we were communal. And so like I think that one one of the main problems, I think we're moving further and further away from community. And Community is the whole, you know, it takes a village because it, mm-hmm. everybody falls on hard times. Everybody goes through things where they need to lean on others in order to be able to stand back up to where they were. And right. I don't think that we have it in the same sense. Um, but what I've seen the transfer be is people are creating online communities. You know what I'm saying? But like, it's 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 not the same thing. Like, that ain't the same. Yeah. Uh-uh. uh-uh. Because to your point, and that's one of the things that I do miss about our um, familial uh, unit is the fact that when I was growing up, I always felt like, man, dude, these people will run through a brick wall for me, right? Like I knew I felt protected. I felt like I'm good. And I feel that to the point that you made about certain kids that like, yeah, some kids are smart. They don't have those type of things. Yeah, I agree with that. But I think it also takes a certain type of person still to be able to finish the job right because completion is a thing that a lot of people struggle with jay and that's something that i I thought about but back to the original point i was thinking about with with the family unit i feel like in today's times people have become more selfish more self-absorbed and it's more about me versus us and when i was growing up it was about us and it's so sad to me that like i feel like even our family too I see a lot of me, me, me mentality and it's tough because I feel like that's just the sign of times. And I just feel like family, man, is supposed to be that one thing that the outside shouldn't penetrate into that. I hate you. I hate you, man. I think Johnson's in a really tough place right now. Mayor Johnson has, you know, somebody is going to be left unhappy and that's yep. just bottom baseline. And to the point that we were saying about it not being political, it being more humanitarian, I think it's about what he's going to be able to, you know what I'm saying, go to sleep with himself with at night. And from the looks of it, you know, I, I could be off, but he, he seems like a good person. like, And it might be to a detriment, honestly. You know what I'm saying? He seems a little green, but I do think that... People take advantage of that. For sure, for sure. And he's a little, you know, he just... Politics wasn't his thing before, but 
Um, no, look at his background, you know? Yeah. I do think that they should continue to. I, I Last, I don't like the publicity stunt. Around. I don't like, you know, them showing that the migrants are cleaning the block and willing to move into. Yeah, that was nasty work. Man, that, that that's disgusting. It's disgusting, G. So I, I don't, I don't um, implore folks to take in media. I think that if you want to get a real glimpse of what the situation looks like, just go drive around downtown a little bit. Go pull up to Wells and Harrison, where that um, Office of Immigration is, and look at the line that wraps around at six in the morning all the way through four, and you'll see for yourself like there's a real issue and. You can't build infrastructure around a city or bring tourists to a city or, you know what I'm saying, circulate money if your main hub of commercialism is just different camps of tents on different corners. So some got to be done. You're going, they're going to have to go somewhere. They're here now. So it's like, you got right. to put them up. I mean, you also got to think about it, Jay. The Democratic National Convention... In the next couple, in the next couple upcoming months, it's coming to Chicago this summer. What kind of look is that going to be? It's about, I mean, she, you remember the DNC that happened in what was that sixty eight? Oh yeah, Grace. said she said, "Boy, oh, they want to fuck around." Dick Gregory's outside, man, leading protests all time. So, uh-huh. uh, I'm sure they want to. I don't think that was the last one. I think we had one more in between there, but still, I'm sure that they want to. But that was the one where shit jumped off. It got to going. <laughs> got to going, man. So, yeah, I definitely think that they got to... Uh, and, and, you know, summertime shy is just where a lot of people get their money anyway. So, they, that's... To your point about Brandon Johnson, I think he's gotten a bad, uh, a bad rap. I think that a lot of the things that he inherited, people are sitting here putting him on the hook for you can't put this man on the hook for crime. Crime in the city of Chicago has been a part of our days since Al Capone. He wasn't around for that. And, 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 and th- politics. And you took the words right out of my mouth. Thank you. He and that's what he's not a politician by training. So like the the usual, you know, he I I don't think he's gonna play by the typical rules when it comes to the things you are and aren't supposed to do. So I, I, I think we're going to see a creative twist with Brandon Johnson on his running of this city. And I'm excited for the show, whether it goes good or bad, I'm going to be there with my popcorn. So, you know, <laughs> let's get the going. Well, you got to think about it like this, right? I think that's part of the problem is that, He's an outsider when it comes to the Chicago political game. So he's not going to say the same things that you heard from a Daly or a Rahm Emanuel or Laurie to a, to a small degree. He don't play ball like that. So then he may get up there in front of the cameras and give you an honest take. And then people don't want to hear that shit. They're like, wait, what? He just told the truth. Wait, we don't want that. Go lie to us. <laughs> Go lie to us like the other ones lied to you. Because that's what it comes to. People want to hear the lies. They want to hear the shit that sounds good. Instead of hearing the shit that like actually is what you shouldn't be hearing. When this man told you that this shit is not sustainable, that's true. He's being honest. Where do you think this shit gonna keep coming from? There's only so much tax dollars that are out there. The federal government's not doing anything because if they were gonna do something, they would have handled the greater issue. And they, they keep pushing it off to the states, and then the states are pushing it off to the cities. It's, it's the yep. same. Yep. Story. It's just weak leadership, man, at the end of the day. 
And, and I think that's my biggest problem when it comes to the city, the state, the country. Yeah, we need real leadership. That's what I'm saying. Or or else we are going to get tried. I don't think people are really real. Like, we haven't had a real commander in chief in a long time. You know what I'm saying? Like a wartime ready president. And I don't ever want to see war come to American soil. So no. I need us to at least have the representation that gives, if it ain't real, the facade that we need to be fucked with. I tell you what, they know they they try to pull that shit. I, I me and mine, they won't be fighting in anybody's fucking war. I promise you that. But we ain't start this shit. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm on that Muhammad Ali shit when it comes to that stuff. War, war seems to be a brewing because I know I ain't gonna. We, what's going on in the Middle East right now? Where they're now? You you saw those American officers that died in uh, I think it was Jordan. Yeah, that, it was a friendly fire. And now they're trying to say that it was Iran and like Iran's like, nah, that wasn't us. And you know what I'm saying? Like everything just seems like we and that's before we even go further east. That's that's not Russia, that's not China, you know what I'm saying? So it's like right. there's a it's a lot going on globally when it comes to the states. And I just I need us to have a strong leader to your point. And of the two options that is looking like we're going to have, I really do need to figure out who's the strongest. Uh, Trump Trump talks a big game. You know what I'm saying? He hasn't necessarily proven that he knows what to do, but I do know that um, Biden hasn't either. So I don't really know where I would go. I don't know. You're going to have to make a choice, but I'm just sick and tired of old white men fucking this country up. Go on and hit him with that curtain call, bruh. Audience, this current call goes out to Nicole Jackson of Richton Park. Nicole is an emergency room manager and nurse at Advocate Trinity Hospital in Calumet Heights. On June 27, 2023, the emergency department was filled with patients and was experiencing limited nursing staff when three gunshot victims needing care simultaneously arrived at the ER. Two of the victims required immediate transfer to a higher level of care for their injuries via critical care ambulance transport. Seeing the busy ER, the critical status of the gunshot victims and the 90 minute wait before a critical care ambulance arrived. Jackson, already working beyond her shift to support her team, jumped into the ambulance to deliver life-saving care. Regularly going above and beyond as an ER nurse and patient advocate in a trauma setting is what Jackson is known for at Advocate Trinity Hospital. Nicole, thank you so much for your service. We need more people like you out there just selflessly giving up their time to rescue and save people's lives and salute to you. Hey, appreciate that, Jay. And audience, as always, we appreciate you guys for rocking with us. And hey, we we are humbled and love the support of the new show and the new format. And hey, keep rocking with us. Without you, we wouldn't be. We're the Pull Them At The Curtain Podcast. Thanks for listening.